you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Pastor Todd Nichols from New Albany, Indiana, with us today. He has left his churches to be with us this morning, and I honor him and thank him for being with us and the sacrifices that he has made this week. He has driven back and forth in order to keep a church afloat, uh, things moving. Uh, He has driven back and forth all week and uh, even met one of our kind officers in town on his way out of town a few days ago, and the officer was so kind that he just smiled and asked him to drive carefully. And I uh, appreciate the kindness of our community. Amen. <laughs> We're glad Brother Nichols is with us this morning. One more time, would you put your hands together and welcome the man of God for this hour to this pulpit? We love you. And he was very nice. It didn't cost me a dime, and I thank the Lord for that. And he said, I'm just trying to protect you from yourself. I said, yes, sir. And I have had such a good time this week, great time, and being involved in everything that the Lord has has been doing. He's been so, so very good to us this week. And such a wonderful church and a wonderful group of people. Amen. I give honor today to your pastor and his wife and their three sons. And I am so thankful to count them as friends and co-laborers. Amen. Sometimes pastors don't have anybody to talk to but other pastors and their wives. And we kind of get each other and understand some of the things that we face. And so I have really, really enjoyed being with them this week. And of course, Brother and Sister Lytle and all of the things that they do, I know that whatever their assignments are, are just the basic beginnings of what they do. When you're in ministry in the kingdom, you kind of wear many hats. And one day you're the plumber, and the next day you're marriage counselor, and the next day you're the hospital visitation person, and the next day you're the errand boy. And that's just the way it is. And that's with pastors and their staff. And you have a tremendous, tremendous staff here at Christian Life Church. And if you appreciate them, would you show them how much you love them this morning? Amen. And there are times that, that I feel like a salmon like I'm swimming upstream, and sometimes that's necessary. But this morning, I'm just going to go with the flow. And what I mean by that is I'm I'm not going to jump way up there and try to send y'all, all y'all up there with me. So wherever y'all want to be, that's where I'm going to be this morning. And we're not going to, I'm not going to try to outrun anybody. I'm not going to try to swim upstream 
the human spirit and the human will are very powerful things. And God won't go past that. He is such a gentleman. And so if you're a guest here this morning and you don't want God to do anything in your life, don't worry. He won't. If you're a saint here this morning and you don't want God to do anything in your life, fear not. He won't. He's not going to press himself upon anybody. He's not going to humiliate anybody, embarrass anybody. And if you're a guest here this morning, you're not the only one. I'm a guest as well. <clears throat> Even though it feels like home, um, I greet our guest here this morning. And I'm so thankful for the honor to be here. I'm going to turn your attention to the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. And while you're turning there, I assume you brought your Bibles. I know we have screens and technology and those wonderful things, but you should be bringing your Bible to church everywhere you go, as a matter of fact. But while you're turning there, please don't miss tonight. Let's, let's pack this thing to overflowing tonight. Let's cap this off. Uh, with something that catapults this church into a dimension that it that it never relinquishes and never goes back to the old. How many of you want that? Good little golf clap. How many of you want that? Amen. Numbers chapter 21, verse 4. They journeyed from Mount Hor or Horeb by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses and said, Where have, Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. We were tired of God's diet. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. And set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about the full package of redemption praise God thank you Lord for what you've already done now let that preaching anointing be in this place give us ears to hear give us a heart to receive let our faith be responsive to you in the name of Jesus and everybody said in Jesus name you may be seated I won't take too long to illustrate the fact, but just as a reminder, if you've ever read the Bible at all, you understand that disobedience separates us from God. And according to what we learned in the Garden of Eden, one sin or one act of disobedience separated them from God. If you read the story of Cain and Abel, one act of disobedience separated Cain from God. You go through the scripture and you will see this cycle repeated again and again. This was not the first time that Israel had murmured against God, nor was it the first time that their faith had lapsed. And it was not the first time that they had disobeyed God. But this particular time, God decided to send serpents, fiery serpents, into the camp 
and bite them. It is an indication of the nature of sin. Disobedience is sin, and sin always comes with a bite. There's always going to be a penalty and a price to pay. God will erase sin, but the fact of the matter, there is a law that he has set in nature, and the law is that we reap what we sow. Now, God would like to reverse the sowing process in some conditions because in one place he said, if you sow in tears, you shall reap in joy. But there has to be something sowed that gets the attention of God and it produces something in us. And in this particular sowing event, it did get the attention of God and the fiery serpents were a result, a direct result of the words that they had sowed and spoke against God and murmured against Moses, their leader. And so the people said that you got to stop this. There's a plague. These serpents are running wild. People are dropping like flies. And we need you to talk to God for us. And so he did. And the Lord gave him a remedy. And I want you to know this morning that God always has a remedy. God always has a cure. And rarely is it ever going to make sense to us exactly what, what that cure is and why he chose that particular remedy. I said it last night, but his ways are higher than our ways. And so without tapping into the Spirit, we can't receive revelation. There is no understanding about why God expects certain things and why he responds in a certain way, why he's doing things in a, in a particular uh, mode or method. But the Lord, the Lord has our best interest at heart. The carnal mind is enmity against God. Neither can it please him. So we don't necessarily have to uh, sin or create great acts of disobedience to distance ourselves with God. We just have to have a carnal mind. And so in order for us to get where God is wanting us to go today, I believe that the Lord led you in here, whether you think that you wound up here by accident or because somebody invited you or because uh, you heard about the church or, or what have you, or because you've been going here for years, I believe that every person in this place this morning is here because God ordained for them to be here. So you're going to have to choose to switch gears in your mind from the carnal mind to the spiritual mind. And the carnal mind says there's no hope for me and I'm a sinner or I'm, I'm away from God or I don't need anything from God. But the spiritual mind says that I believe that God understands where I am and how to get me up from where I am to where he wants me to be. The spiritual mind says I'm ready for a change in my life. I'm not satisfied nor happy with the the course uh, that my life has been taken, and so I, I need God to do something. So there has to be a change in the gear, and we have to decide to move from a life of disobedience to a life of obedience. If you believe that, say amen. And so God's method in this particular uh, scripture, he said that they were to take a pole, and they were to take a brass or a bronze serpent. And I don't have time to prove this to you, but brass and bronze in Scripture is always a type and a shadow of the flesh. Gold is a type of deity and purity and divinity, and brass is a type of the flesh. The brass altar, the brazen altar, the brazen laver was outside of the camp. It represented the flesh, the death of the flesh, the washing of the flesh, the repentance and water baptism. The flesh, There, something has to happen uh, to the flesh before we can get to the deity of God. God can move us from brass to gold if we understand. And so he told them to make a brass serpent. This is a type of the cross. He said, put it upon a pole. And you may think, well, why in the world would he put a serpent on a pole and have us that a type of the cross? Are you saying that Jesus was a serpent? No, the serpent represented sin and the Bible said he took upon himself our sin. He became 
sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. And so he said that everyone that looketh upon this brass, brass serpent or bronze or brazen serpent was going to live. Whatever poison had been injected as a result of their disobedience was going to dissipate. It was going to be cured, and it, there was going to be a remedy. I, I want to tell you that, that in just one moment this morning, that God can transform the heart and the mind of every individual in this place that chooses to believe he can take us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto the power of God, amen, from sickness to hell, from sinner to saint. God can do it, and he's in the transforming business. Do I have a preaching church here this morning? I want you to know that whether you think you came here by accident or not, God ordained your steps today. And God, he specializes in plucking people up out of the mire and the quicksand and the mud and, and, and the degradation and the demoralization of this world. And he lifts people up into a high place of faith and transforms their life. If you believe that, say amen. Now, we know that this is a type and a shadow of Calvary. When we read the book of John chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, If I have told you earthly things, everybody say carnal things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Everybody say spiritual things. And no man hath ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so shall the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Another place in Scripture, Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. So the key to, to God, be, being drawn to God, is to getting your focus and your eyes upon the cross. Get your eyes upon his marred visage and his pierced body. Get your eyes upon his bleeding brow as the crown of thorns that, that pierced that brow and the blood ran down and the hole in his side and the spikes in his, in his wrist and his feet. He, he didn't do that for just anybody. He did that for you. If you were the only individual to ever live on planet earth and you were a sinner, Christ would have still become your substitute and taken your place. He has become the substitute of every alcoholic, every addict, every person that's overcome with fear, adultery, fornication, jealousy, envy, people that are full of malice, people have, that have a wounded spirit, our Savior died on a cross for the sins and the transgressions of all humanity. So I want to declare to you this morning that Jehovah Redeemer is in this place today, and there is no one that has the power to pull you out of your sin but him. Amen. If you're thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ, would you clap your hands and give the Lord some praise this morning? Oh, come on. We're headed somewhere. The first time that God ever revealed himself as Jehovah was when he called Moses to go into the land of Egypt. And he said, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And he gave this revelation to Moses. He said, by the name God Almighty have they known me, but by my name Jehovah they have not known me. Jehovah is the redemptive name of deity, and it means the self-existent one who reveals himself. Now, if you want God to just be some fictitious figure out there in Never Never Land that doesn't get involved in the lives of people and especially would never get in the, involved in your life, then you can keep him at a distance all you want to. He's not going to force himself into your life. 
But if you want God to reveal himself personally to you and say, God, I need you to reveal yourself as the self-existent one. I need you to involve yourself as my redeemer and my savior. If that's the way you feel this morning, God will do that in your life. Everybody say Jehovah. Now there is a revelation of this because as time went on, God began to reveal the seven different dimensions of the name Jehovah. And it all has to do with redemption. I'm preaching this morning about the full package of redemption. Redemption is not just, boy, I feel my help coming on right now. Redemption is not about you just coming down to an altar and professing your faith or saying, God, I'm a sinner and I need some help. It's not just about you coming to shake the preacher's hand or putting your name on the roll of a church. It's not about you joining a religion or you saying, I, I'm going to commit to taking up a place on the pew once a week at least for the rest of my life. Or I'm going to put a fish on the back of my car and get me a little bumper sticker and a cross hanging around my neck so that everybody knows that I am a Christian. Amen. Living for God and being delivered from your sin requires a revelation of who God is and what he is capable of. And God did not give us some minuscule, small, anemic, arbitrary, random salvation. He was deliberate about it. And when he paid the price of salvation, he said, I am going to pluck you up out of your sin. And I am going to pluck sin up out of you. And the effects of sin, the way that sin affected your mind and the way that it has uh, affected your emotions and the way that it has left you feeling lonely and the way that it has attacked your body, the way that it uh, has attacked your finances. I want you to know that when Jesus hung on the cross, hell was in trouble. When Jesus came out of, the, out of hell with the keys of death and hell and rose from the grave on the third day and ascended up into heaven 40 days later, amen, the, the price of redemption and the package of redemption had been completed and he literally redeemed us back. He purchased us back from hell's possession. We were hell's possession. We belonged to the devil. Satan, the God of this world, he, he manipulated every decision we made, every step we took, every action we took. Amen. And so I'm going to introduce you to the God of the Old Testament whose redemptive name was Jehovah. Everybody say Jehovah. These seven compound redemptive names, these are not just cool names, and these are not just any compound names. These are the names that represent what salvation means to humanity. They point to God's continuous and increasing self-revelation. And in his redemptive relationship to people, Jehovah has seven compound names which reveal him as meeting every single need of the human race. Since it is God's redemptive relationship to us that these names reveal, they each point to Calvary where we were redeemed. The blessing that each name reveals is to be provided in our redemption. Everybody say, I can't wait to hear about it. These are the seven things that the cross means to us. All seven things are a promise to us. God doesn't give them to us randomly no more than he gives us forgiveness randomly. If we repent of our sins, he forgives us if we believe that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And so the first of these compound names is Jehovah Shema. The Lord is there or the Lord is present. And it talks about it in Ezekiel chapter 48 and verse five, four, uh, 35 revealing to us the redemptive privilege of enjoying the presence of him who says, Lo, I am with you always in Matthew 28 and verse 20, even until the ends of the earth. 
that this blessing is provided in redemption is proven by the fact that we were made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13. The enemy wants to divide us from the Lord. Amen. But by faith and by crying out to him, as they looked upon the brazen serpent in the wilderness, uh, if we call out to him, uh, one writer said he's as close as the mention of his name. Amen. Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Praise God. I feel the Lord near us here today. And he's near us because he is Jehovah Shema. When you're alone, if you call out to him, he's the friend that's sticking closer than a brother. Amen. There's nobody like our God who is a friend of all friends. If you're thankful for the nearness of God, and the presence of God, would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time and give him praise? Would you help me preach now? Sometimes we get addicted to the presence of God, but we forget that we can have the presence of God outside of the church. When we come in the church and we feel the presence of God, Sometimes we're enraptured in these euphoric moments and we think, my, I have never been in a dimension of the Spirit just like that. But my God is so personal to me. He is Jehovah, the revealer of salvation, that when I call upon his name, he, that dimension comes to me in the middle of the night when I'm all by myself. If I'm on a far away place on the continent and nobody's around, if I call out to him by his name, he is going to be as near to me as if I was in a building with ten thousands of his saints. He is Jehovah Shema. You may recognize this. The second one, he is Jehovah Shalom. According to Judges chapter 6, verses 23 and 24, the Bible said, The Lord saith unto him, Peace. Everybody say peace. Be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Ophrah of the Ezraites. This scripture reveals to us the redemptive privilege of having peace. Accordingly, Jesus says, my peace I give to you and I leave to you in John chapter 14. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, they began to cry peace and goodwill toward men. The enemy is come to steal and to kill and to destroy. He has come to attack the minds of people so that you have no peace. You're troubled on every side. The Bible said in this life there is trouble. I'm preaching to somebody that understands what trouble is this morning. I want to talk to somebody who feels that your mind is in a vice and your life is in trouble because the peace speaker is in this place today and when he opens his mouth and he begins to speak into your world that which was confusion becomes made right that which was perplexing that which was vexing your mind the peace speaker settles everything the winds that are tumultuous and the winds that rage against the ship and they toss the ship I wish I had a preaching church here this morning because I feel the peace of God that passes all understanding. What does that mean? That means that sometimes we want to understand why, God, am I going through what I'm going through right now? But when you don't have understanding, there's something that surpasses your understanding, and it's called peace. So what that means is I don't have to have a lot of money in the bank to have peace. I can be in the middle of bankruptcy and have peace because he is my peace speaker oh I wish somebody would praise him right now this blessing is in redemption because of the chastisement of our peace that is upon him according to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5 Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20 having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself 
by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. His peace fills the universe. His peace will heal a marriage. His peace will take you through troubled waters. If you're thankful for it, say amen. The third compound name is Jehovah Reah, the Lord my shepherd. And of course we read about it in Psalms chapter 23 and verse 1. The shepherd doesn't just have one hat that he wears or one responsibility. Sometimes he's walking with you through the valley of the shadow of death and sometimes he's making you to lie down in green pastures. Sometimes he is with you following you all the days of your life as you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And sometimes he's reaching down as you have found yourself fallen off of a cliff, caught in the thorns of life. He takes his rod and his staff and he lifts you up out of the situation that you have fallen into. I want to tell you, you've got a shepherd this morning that knows exactly how to handle the sheep. Jesus became our shepherd by going his uh, giving his life for the sheep according to John chapter 10 he said I give my life for the sheep this is a privilege provided to us in redemption the fourth one you may recognize it's Jehovah Jireh the Lord will provide an offering according to Genesis chapter 22. And Christ, the offering provided for our complete redemption. In Philipp, uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, uh, Paul said, But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches uh, in glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, I'm not just talking about things uh, that God does every once in a while for a select group of people. But when he hung on the cross, uh, he supplied all of these things for us uh, that these things would release to us. Uh, and so we're not just accepting Christ. Uh, we're repenting of our sins uh, and we're having our sins washed away in the waters of baptism uh, in the all-saving name, the all-redemptive name uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, and when he saves you, he is now your provider. So let the bank say that they're going to take everything you own. Let the record show up and hook it to the bumper of the car because you hadn't been able to pay the note. But I want to tell you before it's all said and done Jehovah Jireh is going to see you through because he is never going to forsake us. Oh I feel like somebody ought to just take a praise break right now. Come on I, I, I appreciate the good religious stairs but I believe that somebody ought to praise him right now the fifth one is Jehovah Nisi the Lord is our banner our victor our captain is literally what it means it was when by the cross Christ triumphed over principalities and powers Colossians 2 and 15 that he provided for us as our substitute the redemptive privilege of thing, saying thanks be to God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I just preach a, a little bit simple here this morning and I, and I, and I, and I, and I got to tell somebody that you've been hanging your head too long because you're not just a conqueror you are more than a conqueror. You've been walking around depressed too long. You've been heavy in your spirit too long. You've been walking around feeling defeated too long. Say, I don't feel like a victory. It doesn't matter. Jesus is our victory. And if you'll put Jesus at the forefront of your life, when you feel like that you don't have the weapons to fight and you don't have the strength to fight anymore, all you got to do is just put Jesus in front and let the Lord fight your battles. Amen. I seem to remember one prophet saying, it's not by might and nor by power but by my spirit saith the Lord. Is there anybody in this place uh, that believes that we've been given victory through the name of Jesus Christ? Come on. Come on. Religious Sunday morning is over with. I've given you an hour and a half this morning. We're fixing to have some church in this place. Come on. Clap your hands right now. Come on. Clap your hands like you mean it. 
clap your hands or to the ones that don't feel like clapping their hands uh, would clap their hands. Clap your hands or to the ones that didn't really want to be in church uh, decide they're glad to be in church this morning. Oh, yeah. Somebody shout, yeah. The sixth one is Jehovah, uh, the sick canoe, the Lord our righteousness. Jesus became our righteousness by bearing our sins on the cross. Romans 5 and 17 said, For if any man, if, if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, and that is Jesus Christ. When you really understand what righteousness means, that regardless of how tainted we were by the world, regardless of how many things we put in our body that, that Jesus was not pleased with, no matter how many vulgar words have come out of our mouth in our lifetime, no matter how many years we have spent swimming in the cesspools of iniquity, no matter how many things that, that we, have mar- we have marred ourselves with and come out with the poison and the stench and the stink of life, I want to tell you that when Jesus saves you, there is a rightness there is an uprightness there is a purity that comes God moves you from the fleshly bronze dimension into the gold purified deity divinity dimension when he puts his spirit on the inside of us amen he declares us righteous and the seventh one is the one that we've been talking about all week long And it is not less than the other six. If you believe the Lord is there, then you're going to have to believe that he is Jehovah Rapha. If he is the Lord our peace, then he is Jehovah Rapha. If he is Jehovah Rea, our shepherd, and our banner, and he is all of these other things, then he certainly is Jehovah Rapha. Exodus 15 and 26. I am the Lord, your physician. Who's your doctor? Well, he's, he's not, what do they call that on the insurance for that? He's not in the network. You won't find him on the telephone. He doesn't have an email address. He doesn't have a social media handle. But if you call on him by his first name, he'll come to where you are. He doesn't need a scalpel. He doesn't need a stethoscope. He doesn't use an x-ray machine, but he speaks a word. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This name is given to reveal to us our redemptive privilege of receiving Healing which was provided by Christ, our substitute. Isaiah, in the redemptive chapter, declares, Surely he hath borne our griefs. The word griefs is sicknesses. And he hath carried our sorrows. The word sorrows in the Hebrew is pain. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses. And he hath carried our pains and in Galatians 3 and 13 uh, Paul said Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written curse is every one that hangeth upon a tree that brazen serpent on that pole was a type of the evil poisonous nature of sin let me tell you something When God destroyed sin, he defanged the serpent. So the same serpent that God helped me, help me right now to preach. The same serpent that had you and bit you when you were in the world and injected his poison in you is defanged now. So when the serpent comes around to bite you, he ain't doing anything but gumming you. He's a toothless devil. And he don't even have any false teeth. Well, I wish I had somebody believe what I'm preaching right now. I wish I had somebody believe what I'm preaching right now. I heard somebody asking out there, what you want me to do about it? Thanks for asking.
Here's what I want you to do about it. First of all, I want you to confess that Satan's dominion over you ended at Calvary. Because it was there that God freed you. When the slaves in the United States were emancipated, they were still living in slave quarters. They still look like slaves. They still felt like slaves. But when they heard about the Emancipation Proclamation and it was read, then they discovered they had the legal right to declare, I am free. I am no longer a slave. And I know some of us might still look like we're slaves. And we might still feel like now, we're a slave and it may feel like we're shackled up and fettered up but at the cross you were emancipated and I've come to proclaim this morning help me right now Jesus I've come to proclaim this morning that the blind will see and the deaf will hear and the sinner will be forgiven Oh, come on, Christian life. God's about to do a work in somebody's life. What else you want me to do about it? Thank you. Y'all are asking great questions. Believe in your proclamation of freedom. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ hath made us free, Galatians 5 and 1. You're free. Everybody say, I'm free. Confess that. Say, I'm free. No, 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 no. You got to say it like you mean it. I'm free. I, I don't care how long the devil sentenced you to incarceration. I don't care if you've been sitting on spiritual death row. It doesn't matter to me if you've been living in a 10 by 10 cell looking through vertical bars. It doesn't matter to me if it's been your mind that's been in prison, your body, your heart, your spirit that's been in prison. You're free. Everybody say, I'm free. Tell the devil you found the truth. The truth shall set you free. He's known it all the time, but has lied to you and blinded your eyes so that you'll think that there is no hope for you. I wish I had somebody that needed God in this place right now. It's 12.02 and I wish I had somebody right now that believed that God is about to change something in their life. The devil has kept you from knowing your legal rights in Christ, your Redeemer. The God of this world, Satan, had blinded the minds of them which believe not. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. So you need to tell Satan, you found the truth, the truth that sets you Free from him. Let him know by your confession of God's word that you are free from his dominion and that you know that you are free. Whatever the, whatever the enemy uses to keep you bound up, you know, the devil will find preachers. Boy, he'll find preachers. Some of them look just like your spouse, some of them look just like a brother or sister. Some of them look like a, uh, wearing a white robe. Some of them wear light blue robes. Some of them wear black robes. Some of them dress like your best friend. I'm not trying to divide people in here this morning. But when somebody starts telling you that you have not been delivered and that you're never going to have peace of mind and that you're never going to be washed whiter than snow and that your sins will always be a scarlet. And they keep telling you, you'll always have diabetes. And you'll always have arthritis. And you'll always have fibromyalgia. And you'll always be addicted to alcohol. Help me, Holy Ghost, right now. And that you'll always be a chain smoker. And you'll always be a heroin addict. And you'll always be a meth head. And you'll always be in the, in, in the poorest area of town. He is a liar and the father of lies. I'm here to out-preach the preachers that the devil sent into your life. 
It may have been an alcoholic mother that called you a loser, a nothing. You'll never amount to anything. It may have been an alcoholic father with a perverted spirit that abused you and told you that you were lower than the lowest of this world. I've come to out-preach every preacher that the devil has sent into your life. I'm telling you that redemption is a package. It includes it all. Come on, somebody praise him right now. Somebody praise him right now. I'm done. I'm done. Satan, you're a liar. Come on, somebody ought to say it. Satan, you're a liar. Symptoms, you're a liar. Your pains are lies. Your symptoms are lies. Your words are lies. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. The Holy Ghost is getting ready to move in this place. Yeah. 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 I bind the spirit of religious tradition right now. Come on, preacher, the roast is burning. I'm going to tell you what's worse than that is when somebody burns in hell. Let that burst, uh, that roast get a little well done. I'm trying to pull somebody out of the flames of hell this morning. I'm trying to tell you it's here. It's all in him. It's all in him. Uh, the fullness of the Godhead. And it's all in him. So you ready? Now it's not Jehovah Shalom. It's not Jehovah Jireh. It's not Jehovah Rea. It's not Jehovah Rapha. It's just J E S U S. In that are the seven spirits of God, the seven dimensions of redemption, the seven dimensions of the Spirit, the seven dimensions of power. In Jesus, it's all there. Somebody say it's all about the name. It's all about the name. It's a revelation. If you've been baptized before, congratulations, you did the right thing. But if when you were baptized, they said, I baptize you in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Somebody told you wrong. Somebody told you something man made. Something man made up. But when you go down in that water right there, and they put you in it down in the name of Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Shalom, who is Jesus. When they put you down in the name of Jesus, the Bible said he was given a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. So let, let me ask you, some of you put up a good front this morning. Don't look at me. I don't need anything. Play something. Don't look at me. I just came to be religious this morning. Don't look at me. I don't really need anything. That's like being bankrupt and going into the bank. And when they say, may I help you? And you go, no. Are you sure? Yes. Are you lost? No. Are you sure? Yes. You don't need anything? No. We're a bank. Did you, do you have financial needs? Yes. Can we help you with those financial needs? No. It's not common sense. We only do that when we come to church. Do you need, do you need forgiveness? No. Do you have sin in your life? Yes. And you don't want Jesus to forgive you? No. Why? Because I might be embarrassed.
because I don't know these people. Because I don't want anybody to think that I'm not a good person. Do you need healing? No. Are you sick? Yes. Are you sure you don't need healing? Yes. Why? Because I'm a big boy and I'm a big girl. We only do that stuff when we come to church. But if you realize that whatever you need, the Redeemer is here this morning. (laughs) The Redeemer is here this morning. Would you reach over and put your hand on the shoulder of somebody by you there? And I, I need some good people, some praying people, some people of faith to begin to open their mouth right now. And I need you to call out to the Lord. We're praying, Lord, for conviction to come in this place. We're praying, Lord, for conviction to come in this place. Yeah, that's it. Come on, Christian life. Help me out right now. We're praying that faith come in this place in the name of Jesus. We're praying that angels gather in this place right now. Come on, Christian life. Let's pray. I need some intercessors right now. I need some people that know how to pray heaven down in this place. Yeah, come on, come on. Come on, we're getting ready to open these altars. The teller window's about to be open right now. The waymaker's in this place. He makes a way when there is no way. The peace speaker's in this place. The Lord, our shepherd, is in this place. The Lord, our banner's in this place. The ever-present God is in this place. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on. Now I'm going to give, I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to hesitate. Jesus said it like this. This is my altar call. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Don't hesitate. Don't look to see what your neighbor is going to do. Don't look to see who's looking. Don't, don't wonder, uh, was this for me? I, I hadn't really been here that long. Uh, I just came to check it out. Yeah, come unto me. If you're weary, you're qualified. If you need something from the Lord, you're already qualified. If you believe in Him and you need Him, you're already qualified. Come on, come on, help me out right now. Come on, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want you to shut your eyes right now and I want you to begin to call out to the Lord. Whatever you need Him to be right now, I want you to tell Him. God, I've been a wandering sheep. I need the hand of the shepherd this morning. Hallelujah. I've been feeling lonely, God. I need the Lord, our presence, my presence. In the name of Jesus. Come on, He's an ever-present help. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on down the aisle. Come on down the aisle. Now, if there's somebody beside you there that you know and you feel comfortable with and you know they need something from the Lord, why don't you yoke up with them and say, come on, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, the first prayer you ought to pray is a prayer of repentance. Father, forgive me, Lord. For every sin that I've ever committed, everything that I've ever done wrong. Pray, Christian life. Pray. 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 I don't care if you you feel like you're bulletproof. Doesn't matter to me whether you feel like you need more of God or not right now. We need to create an atmosphere of prayer. We need to let the Holy Ghost fall in this place this morning. In the name, that's it. Come on, here comes the flow. Here comes the flow. Yes, here it is right there. Come on. I feel the flow of God in this place. 
The Lord wants to baptize somebody with his spirit here this morning. The Lord wants to deliver somebody from the chains of darkness here. Find somebody to pray with. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't stand around and look. We've sung for 45 minutes. I preached for 38 minutes. Now it's time to give God a chance and an opportunity to be what he's already said that he was. In the name of Jesus. you we need you we need you we need you Lord we praise your holy name father we praise your holy name father Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, if you need something from the Lord, lift your hands. If you need something from the Lord, just call out to him right now. God, I'm not leaving this place right now without a renewed mind. I got to have my mind back. I got to be in my right mind. I need peace. I need peace. I need peace like a river. I see some of you looking around. God would use you to help somebody else in this altar if you just let him. My God, my God, my God, my God, we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for being the whole package. Begin to sing right now. The Lord is going to move. He's going to move us into another dimension. Some of you look like you don't know what to do. We're more seasoned than this. Come on, we're more grown up than this. We understand the importance of this moment. Somebody really needs Him this morning. Standing here 
It was so 